Hello and welcome back to Walk the Cinema Podcast. Today we are going to be talking about One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. But first, a word from our sponsor. So One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest is a Miles Foreman, I think, first Best Picture winner. And I think it's a movie that's really lasted the test of time. Because we watched it in 2022, this came out in 1975. And it still felt very fresh and modern. Mm-hmm. Maybe and, not necessarily relevant in the, in the sense of like um, setting, but relevant in that its themes and messages are pretty much yeah. still the same. And visually, too. Like the filmmaking mm-hmm. aspect of it. Because they went with, you know, since it's an institution that has uniforms, no one looks, you know, out of place even now. Because they're dressed in a way that doesn't age. Mm-hmm. It's filmed in a way that doesn't age either. There's no special effects or... Mm-hmm. The use of music is really good. And yeah, thematically, it still stands, right? Mm-hmm. It, it, it is a movie about how society treats outsiders. Yeah. And like just the plotline in general, it's about this man played by Jack Nicholson. A pretty young jack nicholson from what we know of him today yeah jack nicholson after his uh cheaper movies that he used to do like a lot of people remember him for for like easy rider and stuff like that which was not a great look at the time Mm -hmm. not like a great dramatic look yeah so yeah it follows jack nicholson's character who is in a work camp for a crime crime that's pretty unsavory i'd say to some degree And um, he gets out of uh, going to the work camp by kind of acting like he's insane or like saying that he, you know, needs to be in a a mental institution Mm -hmm. to try and get out of it. Because he's under the impression that if he gets sent to the mental institution, like he'll be able to be released from there once his sentence is up. Yeah. Yeah. Like, that's what he believes. And we kind of find out later that... That's not how it works. That's not how it works. If you're arrested, there's a certain amount of days. But if you go to if the institution... Yeah, yeah, if you're committed to the institution, that they release you whenever they think it's appropriate. But so he meets all these kind of colorful characters of men that all have different stories. You know, one has a stutter. Yeah, this is a Billy. great cast yeah. of, like, younger actors that would turn out to be, you know... Bigger names. Hmm. Like Christopher Lloyd and Danny DeVito are pretty obvious. Yeah, I didn't even recognize Danny DeVito because he's so young in this. Yeah. He's a little taller. Yeah. But what I found surprising about these characters is how I've never seen anyone complain that this is exploitive in any way. Hmm. Which is usually something you're going to get if you're like making a movie about poor people or about instituted people. Like any minority or outsider a lot of people are gonna say that you're exploring these people for your movie or this type of, and and this i never seen and i it's probably because they're not feeling very exploitive throughout like it feels like a fair portrayal right yeah and I it's feel not like played it's, for gags it's not played for pity yeah like none of you don't pity any of these people i don't think like you obviously kind of empathize with some of their plights you know like um like you you can kind of agree that they they might be a little off or like they yeah they 
you might not agree with how they go about things. Like, it seems like one of the characters, he's in there because he keeps, he's so fearful that his wife's cheating on him and, mm-hmm. you know. That he, he put himself in. I think he put himself in. Yeah, because he's he, he's, in. he knows the way that his brain is operating is mm-hmm. not good for him and not, yeah. like, normal in society. But even even before you know that he self-committed, you don't really feel bad for them. Because, like, you kind of don't think that they're being treated super unfairly at the beginning, you know? You right. do have, like, the nurse, um, Ratchet. Ratchet, that is in charge. And she kind of runs the things. But you don't really see her mm-hmm. as super evil quite yet. I think a lot of people do see her as super evil, though. She's always, like, one of those huge villains. Yeah. Like, human villains in films. She's, like, a big one. And I don't think she's super unfair until the end. Mm-hmm. I think there is a power struggle between her and Jack Nicholson. Mm-hmm. But I think that's kind of... a. It might be the main plot, but I see more as a side plot or, like, what's happening. I think the main plot is Jack Nicholson figuring himself out. Mm. And then the power struggle is, like, part of that and not the main focus. Right. But a lot of people think it's the main focus and think she's, like, this terrible person. Which, I mean, she did terrible things by the end. Yeah, but I still think that I kind of slightly disagree where I do think the power struggle is a main focal point. Because I feel like neither one of those characters have ever, like, really had their authority challenged. Yeah. Where, like, Nicholson's character, like, yeah, he's been put in prison and right. stuff, but he it hasn't broken his spirit. He's still kind of the... The rooster. Yeah. He's very charismatic. He's and charismatic. That's what, he's all that's over what the place. Him, yeah. He's very charismatic because used to be the le- used to be the leader, yeah. And he kind of does become the leader of the patients, which of course the nursing staff does not appreciate. Yeah, but and with the nursing staff with with Nurse Ratchet, she's used to having the reins of the operation. Like, yeah, and she kind of needs to. Yeah, in this situation, she can't have these patients that are maybe even have violent tendencies potentially for some of them mm-hmm. you know she can't have she can't have them disrespect her or feel like they have more power yeah you can't run an institution where yeah. the people there don't do what they're supposed to be doing there mm-hmm. right they need to take their meds and they need to be calm and in a way like a lot of people paint this type of institution where like they give you drugs so you're like a zombie mm-hmm. which yeah i guess it's bad but you also can't have them being unruly and trying to break out and having parties yeah because that defeats the purpose of why they're there but nicholson doesn't see it like that you see as it sees it as they gotta find themselves yeah and be who they are yeah because you can see that like the ones that are there for the therapy like most of them don't really have like gigantic mental issues that require like 24 hour care like some of the other ones that kind of do have those types of mental challenges where they have delusions or like they can't Mm -hmm. function by themselves you know like they're different in the sense of like they're here because they want to be because they need help because they need help yeah but they can live 
like out in the, <clears throat> the real world, quote unquote. Yeah, a lot of them did. Yeah. But they felt like they didn't want to be the way that they are. Yeah. And Jack Nicholson thinks they should be the way they are. But I was not mentally yeah. ill, but you know, not also not being a zombie that follows yeah. the nurses. And I will say that like it's kind of towards the beginning when they are passing out the medication and one of the patients asks like what is this? And the younger nurse, I, I can't remember her name, but she just says it's medicine, it's good for you, which I don't, I mean, this was in the 70s. It's a mental institution, or I guess it's set in the 60s, but it came out in the 70s. Mm-hmm. Um, Like, yeah, mental institutions kind of were just like, take your medicine, you don't need to know what's going on. Yeah. But like, I feel like in those patients that are lucid and they're, they're on their own volition, like you should be transparent as an, in, like as a... I mean, yeah, it's it's a different era. You know? When the when the book was written, I don't really know how institutions like this worked. Yeah. Right, but like we always get the picture that they're very careless. Yeah. They just kind of wanted to have everyone in line. Yeah. And hopefully they would figure it out. Mm. But you know, there's a lot of horror stories from mental institutions throughout all the decades. Yeah. Still now. Yeah, because I feel like with. Because they are the outsiders. Yeah, mentally ill patients specifically, like, it's not very... There's not a lot of specialists that specialize in that, I guess. And it's very hard to medicate them. Because there is obviously something wrong, like, with inside their brain. Especially, like, severely, like, paranoid people and, you know, Mm -hmm. just... With those kinds of conditions, it is kind of hard to determine what exactly is the cause of it and, like, what medications or what therapies are not going to cause more harm. Right. You know? And I still think today, like, we're not very good. No. We're not very good at it because you can take, like, the VA kind of situations where a lot of these, a lot of the patients do suffer from, like, PTSD and, Mm -hmm. you know, undiagnosed mental conditions and... But it's less taboo now. Yeah, it is less taboo. Like, some years ago, you couldn't mention you're depressed or have PTSD without people saying you're making it up or you're imagining it. Yeah, that's very and, true. And it's still, people do still say that, like, you're imagining it or there's still a stigma that your mind is weak mm-hmm. if you're going through But, yeah, it's time, an illness you know? just like all others. Yeah. Like, if you have the flu or if you have some trouble in the bathroom, like, no one's gonna make fun of you for that yeah not realistically like sure someone will make fun of you but like it's not socially acceptable to make fun of someone with cancer or yeah or anything like that but it it's still people still like don't take ptsd and depression too seriously yeah but like with this movie it does still kind of it that's why it feels so relevant because you still have these kind of outsiders that are treated poorly Mm -hmm. but it's not even about them being mentally ill they're just a representation of all outsiders Mm. i think all outsiders are treated differently regardless of why they're outsiders right like countercultures and poor people homeless people and in this case mental patients they're treated like they're kind of subhuman yeah where the nurse tells you to do something they expect you to do it and not question it yeah and Jack Nicholson's character kind of decides that he's going to make the best of this, like, 
yeah situation it's kind of for him it feels like it's kind of a vacation from prison yeah and he it, he takes it as a challenge kind of to to defy nurse mm-hmm. ratchet and he does he i think he does develop a bond with all of these especially chief yeah of all of these fellas and chief's a character that like i really enjoyed yeah like that was great. He's a really good actor too. Yeah, his I movement, really his him. movements when he was pretending to be like dumb, yeah, like dumb deaf and, and deaf. And dumb. And dumb. Like he, the way he moved was like really good. Mm-hmm. It was like, very comedic. He portrayed it without like being over the top. Yeah, like the, you didn't have to tell me like, oh, he's really dumb and can't do anything because just the way he moved kind of implied that he's just following someone, yeah. someone or something. And I, I really liked how he revealed to Jack Nicholson that. uh he could actually hear yeah. and speak. He just, you know, chose not to. Well, he chose not to. It's kind of his disguise, I guess. Yeah. Because, I mean, I guess he's there for the same reason Jack Nicholson is there. Yeah. They committed a crime and I, like, I'm going to act like I need to be in a mental institution instead of in jail. Yeah. And I feel like with him, too, like, he, even though he is part of this other, he also has another part that is even more of an other because... I think that him being Native American does add to his, would add to his treatment there. Right. You know, where like, if he just acts like he's deaf and dumb, then people don't bother him. Mm-hmm. Like they won't, they won't be mean to him or they won't try anything with him. Right. You know. He's also really big and it can be like intimidating. Yeah. If he's like, you know, imposing himself. Yeah. So I think that the, the part of their his character trait is just he just wants peace. Yeah, he just wants to go back because he's never gonna leave. Yeah, because you know he's in there for murder, mm-hmm. and they think he can't talk or hear. So he's always gonna be there, but rather be there than in prison. Yeah. Well, well, by the end, of course, he's not there. He escapes. Yeah, he does escape after. Well, well, we'll talk about it more as we, like, go through it. But, you know, as, as the movie progresses, he, Jack Nicholson breaks everybody out of of prison, pretty much, to take him on a nice little boat ride. Well, they're going on some field trip type yeah. thing where he's not going, but he jumps over. And Chief is not going either. Chief helps him jump over. Mm-hmm. And then everyone else is in the, in the bus he stole. Yeah. They just go fishing. Yeah, they, they just meet go his fishing. girlfriend. Yeah, and then you know, as it progresses more, Nurse Ratchet feels like she has to kind of control other stuff too. So she rations their cigarettes, and mm-hmm. you know, controls the music, controls the music, the controls TV. the TV. Yeah, she all also that. had an opportunity to let Jack Nicholson go back to jail, mm-hmm. which she did not take because she wanted to take it out on him. Yeah, she wanted him to stay so she could control him. Yeah. Even though she knows that he shouldn't be there. He should be in jail. Yeah, which is another reason why I think she's a little bit evil. Because No, she's evil, for sure. She's vindictive, at but least. But at least, like, in this progression, like, where you kind of see, like, at the beginning, you're just kind of like, eh, she's kind of just doing her job. She's just kind of a hardball on people, you know? And then with that one, where it's like, obviously, this man doesn't need to be here, but you're keeping him here because what? You know? Because if you don't let him out, you could keep him in there forever. Yeah. Well, if he goes to jail, he'll eventually get out. Yeah. And then, you know, they throw a party. 
Because Mitchell won hell Nichol- of a party. Nicholson's gonna escape with Chief, I think. They were both going to escape at that point. That was the plan, but Chief did say that he couldn't. Yeah. So, I mean, I guess we never figure that out. Yeah, we never know if he would actually have left together. But, um, you know, basically, he gets Billy, the, the kid that stutters to have relations with one of the girls that he brought in yeah and it kind of boosts his confidence he loses his stutter for a minute yeah when he's standing up to nurse ratchet yeah and when she threatens to tell his mother he recedes in on himself yeah he becomes like this little boy yeah that's scared of his mother he can't talk properly Mm -hmm. and she's kind of careless about it no she knows what she's doing that's blackmail yeah 100 percent she blackmails him into ratting Chuck Nicholson out. Mm-hmm. And he does it because he's a scared little boy at that point. And then he ends up killing himself. Yeah. Like immediately. Yeah. Which is <clears throat> part of like why Jack Nicholson just loses it. Yeah. On because Ratchet. they're all kind of close by this point, And so everyone's like just completely distraught and upset and nurse nurse ratchet is just kind of like the best way to to continue on is to just continue on you know and and go about our day as normal and that makes him really lose it because they she's very careless yeah she because to her that he's nothing yeah right he's an outsider that is she doesn't care too much for right yeah but it's because crazy. They, f- they formed this group right of friends mm-hmm. in the institution because of jack nicholson right but they become like family they don't have anyone else they don't have anyone else that cares for them yeah they have the nurses that give them medication but that's not really caring yeah and the orderlies that sometimes talk to them yeah you know sometimes but you know it's just like she's so careless in this situation and it's like she knew she says something about how she's good friends with Billy's mother. And so I think, and that she knew him from a young age. So it's kind of like she knows intimately his problems and still doesn't care. Right. You know, she's just trying to get her way at that point. Yeah. And we see like earlier in the movie, she was really pushing on him to a point where he really didn't want to speak, but she just kept going and going. It's kind of like, it's an odd, odd relationship. You have to think about, like, why why is she picking on this one kid so bad? Like, what is her goal? Breaking him while yeah, they're young. I guess, <sighs> but it, it just feels, it feels vindictive. I don't know. Yeah. She, she doesn't come off as pleasant Mm-mm. ever, but I don't know. I guess her, her villain arc is a lot more toned down. Mm-hmm. Like, she does evil things, but they're not as obvious until it all wraps up. Yeah. And then Jack Nicholson loses it at her and tries to strangle her. Almost kills her. Yeah. Breaks her neck, I think. And then because of that, they give him a lobotomy. Yeah. And that causes him to be, like... Vegetable. A vegetable. He can walk, but he can't think. Yeah. He's kind of... He's become what Chief pretends to be, kind of. Yeah, a little bit. And and Chief and him had a moment where he was talking about his father and how he was also, you know, mentally ill and how it just turned him into somebody that he couldn't recognize. And so you kind of it kind of alludes to the fact that he mercy killed his father. Yeah. 
and that's why he's in jail. And he does the same thing with Jack Nicholson because yeah. he kind of sees the correlation. Because at that point, Jack Nicholson has nothing to live for. Yeah. The character has nothing to live for. They they took everything that he had, you know? Yeah. They took his freedom and they took his thoughts, his self-identity. Yeah. And they became he became just another person that's there, takes his pills every day, and nothing else happens. And Chief couldn't let him, wouldn't let him live like that. Yeah. And then Chief escapes because he doesn't want to live. Mm-hmm. He doesn't want to also be potentially in that situation either. Right. You know? It's a great movie. Yeah, I really enjoyed good. it. It lasted the test of time, and I think he forever will. Yeah. Because there will always be outsiders. And this was shot and produced in a way that makes it timeless. Yeah. And I, there's, like, comedic elements yeah, it's, sprinkled throughout. It's, it's funny, funny and lighthearted at points. It's like, just... when she... F- reveals that he can he can hear and he can speak mm-hmm. he's he gives him a piece of gum or jack nicholson gives him a piece of gum and he's like thanks mm. and jack is like what and so he tries to give him another piece and he takes it and he's like juicy fruit <laughs> <laughs> and that just really made me laugh because yeah, who doesn't like juicy fruit uh, juicy fruit's awful but it's like a nostalgic <laughs> gum you know it's fine it's the kind of gum you 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 take with you to school. Yeah, this movie's good, but there's <laughs> a lot of, well, not a lot, but some moments I don't love. I don't really love that. It seems to kind of force Billy to be with Candy, hmm. even though he wants to be with her. He's just unsure, and like it's not the right time, or whatever. Yeah. And Candy's also like, I don't know. I'll do this as a favor. Like that's a little. It rubs me off a little wrong. It's probably the part that aged the worst. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, I don't think this is a perfect movie, but it's definitely, you know, good. There's moments, you know, like the the workers threatening to beat the crap out of some of the people there. there. Like, if you're going to work in a mental institution, you, you need to handle yourself better than that. Yeah, and I think it's probably, it does show kind of, um, like, generational type things. Yeah. Like, in the 60s, it's it's it was time. probably... That's probably what was happening. And I can't speak to how it is today in those yeah. types of institutions, but I would hope that there's at least a little bit less of that mm. and better safety practices, you know? But without watching Amadeus, mm-hmm. this is my favorite Miles Foreman. He, it, Miles Foreman. He's kind of a letdown sometimes. Mm. I don't really like a lot of his american movies but yeah this is good it deserved the best picture he got it i don't know if it deserved like the whole sweep of the big five because it's got actor actress director screenplay Mm -hmm. and film this was a good year for film like i really love the rocky horror picture show Mm -hmm. and mirror but yeah eight out of ten i think i dropped it from a nine it could go back to a nine. It's definitely not like close to a seven at all. Uh-huh. So I, yeah, I like it. It's a great best picture. Yeah, and just to kind of talk about like the all the all the awards it got at the at the Oscars. Um, I feel like both the woman that played Nurse Ratchet and and Jack Nicholson did like just an amazing job. 
Right. This because I genuinely hated Nurse Ratchet. Mm-hmm. Like she did so good in that role. Yeah, where... we barely talk about how good the acting is in this because it feels so natural. You kind of forget their acting. Yeah, it is very, it is very well acted. Yeah, it's very well directed. It's very well shot. It's very well written. So it it should be the perfect movie, I guess. But it, it also needs to connect with you in a way that makes it super special. Mm-hmm. But if this is your favorite movie or one of your favorite movies, or you think it's a ten out of ten. I'd be hard to disagree mm. with you, but just for me, it's not a ten out of ten. It's still really good. Yeah, I agree. It's it it doesn't it doesn't hit that ten out of ten for me either. But I did give it an eight out of ten because I did enjoy myself a lot more than I thought I would, mm. and a lot more than I even thought I would like in the first couple scenes of the movie. Mm. And I was like, ah, oh, I can't, and I'm not gonna like this character. Yeah, but, but this, at the end, you kind of like. You kind of have a love-hate relationship right. with Jack Nicholson's character. That, that, what you said about enjoying it more, I, I've i seen this before, but I also enjoyed it more than I thought I would, even though I knew I liked it. Mm-hmm. I just don't remember why I liked it so much. And I think this movie does that to me. Mm. Where, like, if you don't watch it for a year, you kind of forget why you like it. And then you watch it, it's like, oh, yeah, the acting is so good. Every, every actor in this is so good at it. <laughs> There's so many, and they're all so good. Like, that's pretty incredible. Like, it's a great achievement that you managed to get that out of everyone. Literally, there's no bad performances in this, or, like, even mediocre ones. Yeah, everyone does a really solid job. Everyone with speaking roles does a a great job. But I think that we will wrap this episode up. Don't forget to like, subscribe, leave us a comment if you want, and we'll see you next time.